Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Today marks the 45th anniversary of the classic comedy Animal House, which opened in movie theaters on July 28, 1978. I spoke to actor Tim Matheson in 2016 when he came to Washington, D.C. to discuss his role as Ronald Reagan in the National Geographic movie Killing Reagan. We also discuss his Emmy-nominated role as the vice president in The West Wing, as well as memories of playing Otter in Animal House. Hey, how are you? Good, it's, how are you? It's an honor. Uh, Tim's playing Ronald Reagan uh, in Killing Reagan on National Geographic Channel, airing Sunday, October 16th. That's actually my birthday, so thanks. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> Big surprise. Everybody, come on in now. Here we go. Come no. on in, come on. <laughs> Um, but awesome. So obviously this thing, uh, it, it covers the 81 assassination attempt. Uh, the Hinkley Hilton, as we call it, is right down yeah, the street from here. Is. Oh, my God. How much um, ground does it cover? Is, is it mostly all about the assassination or do you cover other parts of the presidency or, you know, what sort of time frame is it? it it's basically it's two stories. It's from you know the Bill O'Reilly book, uh, Killing Reagan, and he has a series, mm-hmm. a very, very clever premise for each series. You know, killing Kennedy, killing uh, Jesus, uh, Lincoln, Patton. killing Lincoln, and and uh, yeah, who's next? But <laughs> the thing is, it's it's about the assassin and about the victim. And uh, this is the first one that's actually gone beyond the the assassination attempt in this case because Reagan didn't die. So it's a it's and on one hand you have the story of Ronnie and Nancy and uh, the the. Um, the, up, the debate when he's running for president, and then they finally is elected, and then he's in office for about two months when, uh, I think on April 21st, this happened. And then you've got the story of John Hinckley, who is just this untethered mind off in, you know, in his wonderland and space, trying to find something to do with his life, and, and it follows him. So they keep cutting back and forth between the two until they collide at the Hilton. So it's like a parallel action, and the two of, until the two of them come together. Actually, ac- absolutely, and and the great thing about the, the the series, and I think about this one especially, is that it's it's a history lesson wrapped in a mystery suspense movie. So you know you get all this interesting inside stuff, but. It's not like many history uh, movies where you're just like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, it's like all the president's men. It's you're, exactly. it's like a nail biter. Yeah. You got it exactly yeah. that. Gotcha. Yes, and it's and it's wonderful. We sat, saw it uh, in front of an audience last night. We had the premiere here. It'll come on. It'll be on the air uh, this weekend, uh, October October sixteenth uh, at eight and uh, seven central. And um, so, and the audience loved it. it. It really because it's a personal story. It's a love story between Ronnie and Nancy. That's awesome. You mentioned that it's part of the O'Reilly book series with Reagan, Lincoln, Kennedy, Patton. 
why do you think audiences it, it's we have an appetite for this sort of thing? I know it's like salacious, but it's also these are these pivot moments in that history just changed. You know what it is, I think it's it's our version of Shakespeare's histories and tragedies. It's like Henry Four, Part One and Two, Richard the yeah. Second, Richard the Third. It's it's back in the in the royal palace behind the curtain. And we we change, you know, sovereigns and kings every four to eight years and and they have the same one for, you know, generations. But I think it's sort of it's like Downton Abbey. We get to look behind the curtain into the, you know, the, the Buckingham Palace and see what's going on, who how people maneuver their yeah. ways in and around, the, you know, that that story. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's we're a news station. Um, we have Republican and Democratic listeners and we're in a heated election year. So yeah, yeah. when people hear oh, this is an O'Reilly book, it, it's the same as if we heard Keith Olbermann wrote this on the other side. Right, right. How do you you know, assuage our listeners? That how do, you, how do you go about making it sort of you just stick to the facts? Well, you know, because it's. It's not about the politics of the man. It's about his love story with Nancy. So yeah. it's it's about the heart of the man rather than the head. You know, it's yeah. not about the politics because you can't act politics, but right. you can act passion and commitment. And here was a man who really dedicated the last half of his life to, you know, being governor, being president. And I wasn't politically aligned with, with Mr. Reagan. And I came away with a tremendous respect and and uh, admiration for who he was as a man and for what he did for this country because he was the right guy, the right place at the right mm-hmm. time. This country was in need of a, of a leader, a certain kind of leader, a tonic, if you will, at that time. And he provided that for this country. And I must say... Um, he, I, I think he was a, he was a good president. I, I again don't you know I wasn't politically aligned with him, sure. but it I, I like the man. And not only likable man, but influential in terms a Democrat probably FDR, but Republican it's Reagan. They're probably the two most influential presidents of the 20th century. Absolutely. So how do you go about playing? You mentioned the man. How do you play the man? We had the actors from the indie movie Southside with you. They they played Barack and Michelle Obama. Yes. They just came out. So we had a similar conversation. But for Ronald Reagan, you know, do you do you watch videos of him? Do you read a biography, or how did you prepare? I did all of that. Okay. I read everything he wrote. Every every book by him, about him, for him, by his staff, by his wife, uh, listened to every audio and, and tape and watched every video of him. And it's, and he's got a, an immense volume of material about him. So I just surrounded myself, and then I took a vocal, vocal uh, coach who was giving me uh, classes and lessons on uh, his accent and his, to place his voice. So, But what I, w- I, I did all that just so that I could forget all that. And then just work on what's the thought process? What is it he's after? What does he want? What's he thinking? Because to me, the the, the trap of this kind of a role is that you do you're mimicking them, and right. then it's not a breathing living person. Like a caricature, a lot of times. It, totally, yeah. exactly. And I think it's the biggest trap for an actor in that sense. So I just went inside and tried to find the thing. And you know what I can't? You know what was interesting about him? Because I saw so many sort of. Uh, behind-the-scenes things with him uh, from NBC News. Uh, David Brinkby did this great day in the life of the president at the White House and his mm-hmm. staff. Is that he was like a comic? He was, you know, he, his his great skill and his and he and he did it because he was he was not a big ego. And when people would be around the president or him when he was a movie star, a TV star, you know, they get intimidated mm-hmm. and they get shy and they get nervous. And he always wanted to put people at ease, so he'd tell them a joke. And he was always joking right. with them, and he was casual and light, and he had that wonderful facility that people do yeah. that he'd look them in the eye, and he would tell them a joke, and he'd 
pat him on the shoulder, and then right away they'd relax. And or they'd... like that moment, what's it in the debate when he says, I will not for one moment exploit my opponent's youth and inexperience. Exactly. <laughs> he always, you know, it was the Irishman in him, right. you know. So I, I came away with a tremendous respect for him, and I think that if, if our politicians today would follow that lead on both sides of the aisle and of, we're here to work together to solve the problems of the people in our, in our great country, that's our job. We're not here to shut down the government. We're not here to, you know, to take our toll on the other side. It's just like a baseball game. Tonight, we play at the National Stadium. You know, next Monday, we're at Dodger Stadium. So right. tonight, you guys get to bat last, and you get the home team. Okay, great. Right. Next week, we get the home team, and we bat last. So, I mean, it's, that's, it's like, okay, you got it for four years. Next, we'll yeah. get it. But keep it a gentlemanly game. Don't throw stuff on the totally. field and call each other's names and all. Like <laughs> our, you know, politics has gotten so coarsened in that way. And yeah, you know, yeah. it wasn't like that in in that era. No, yeah. he would. You know, he he would fight tooth and nail like, all day long against Tip O'Neill, who was the the House Speaker, and then have him over for drinks six o'clock at night. <laughs> you know, so yeah. and there were a couple of Irishmen sitting down talking, and and they would leave all that behind because they had respect yeah. for each other. Yeah. And I just think we need to get back to. What's what's the big picture here, guys? What are we what are we trying to do? You're going to look back at this in a hundred years, and people are going to just say, "Wow, it's too bad about those guys." Yeah, exactly. Um, you mentioned Tip. Is there anyone playing Tip O'Neill in this? No, he's a he's a minor character. Okay. Uh, but go into the co-stars. I know you got Cynthia Nixon from Cynthia Sex in the City as Nancy, right? She's great. I mean, it was it was so. She's just one of those actors that is just you look her in the eye and it's there and and you know you ping she pongs and it yeah. was she was really wonderful to work with and she's. Just, oh, I can't say enough wonderful things about her. It was great. It was just great. And then we have um, a bunch of other actors, uh, um, n- none of which I don't think you'd recognize, but <laughs> who play Jim Baker and Mike D, uh, Ed, Ed Meese and Mike Deaver and, and the, the, the Troika, the men are around Al, Al Haig, uh, the Secretary of State. And, um, you know, and then the Hinckley side of the story is about this poor, bewildered, lost soul who's wandering around trying to find himself and his parents that just don't know what to do. They're at their wit's end with this, this, poor, guy, this poor guy. Who plays Hinckley? His name is uh, Kyle Moore. Okay. Young, uh, I think he's an improv actor, and, okay. and uh, he is, he's fabulous. And, it's, and what the, the interesting thing at the end of the movie, and I, to see it with an audience, you really feel sorry for him. You know, you feel, oh, my God, you have a lot of empathy for this guy, which you wouldn't normally think you would. Right. But he was just so lost. And we all we've all experienced days like that. But here was a guy whose life was like that. I think I mean I think that's the key. If you can take something and find you know empathy even in the antagonist of the, of your yeah. story, it's then, then it's, you know you're onto something. It's all about the humanity of it. We're all yeah. the we we are all humans next to each other. You know we're all we're all built of the same stuff, and we've all experienced the same things. But obviously not to the extreme that the Reagans or the you know the Hinckleys have experienced it, and there but. As I was raised there, right. but for the grace of God, go I. Yeah, definitely. And uh, let's see. Um, I just saw this trailer yesterday. It just popped yeah. in my head. For for Jackie, the Natalie Portman thing. Are you oh, aware of this? Yeah, <laughs> she, that looks fantastic. I hear so many great things about that. Yeah. But again, it's it's back to that thing. It's it's our histories, and I think yeah. that it's such a deep well. We love these are the people, our rulers, and we love to see. Behind the scenes, it's there. Like it's our Downton Abbey, you know. It's like what, yeah. what's going on up there? You yeah. know? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Now, you have you have a little experience. You played on the West Wing. You were a, the VP. for. Yeah, I was the VP at the beginning. I think you got a pair of Emmy nominations that's for that true, and everything. Yeah. Um Compare uh, what what Jed Bartlett, Martin Sheen, uh, how was his presidency compared to Ronald Reagan? Well, <laughs> they were on different different sides of the aisles. Uh, um, I, I love Martin and I love Jed Bartlett and it was great. I mean, he was mean to me as my character as vice president, and, and uh, um, uh, but but that was the story. You know, yeah. it was great. I was sort of LBJ to his JFK. I was this guy who was running on. Like, I should be the president, you putts, you shouldn't be the president. And, and he yet was a very noble, righteous man. And um, that was the president we all dreamed that we would love to have, you know. And I think it's, it's such a popular series, really like a, a, a renewal and rebirth for the West Wing now. It's like, and Josh Molina has a, a podcast for each episode, and he's working his way through all seven years of yeah. the show, doing a podcast for each one with cast members and, you know, and talking about it. But, uh, um, Reagan was, I think, I came away with a tremendous renewed respect for him because I think that he was what this country needed at that time. And uh, he he awoke a new kind of uh, patriotism. And, you know, we had gone through the hostage crisis with Jimmy Carter and, and poor Jimmy. And, and, you know, and then we'd had the Nixon res- resignation and Watergate. And it just was one calamity and another, mm-hmm. and you know Jerry Ford was, was, you know, not the strongest president. So, here comes this older guy who'd been through the depression, who was relentlessly positive, and he had a vision, and it was a simple thing. I know what I need to do to this country. You know, we got to take the Soviet Union on. We got to cut taxes and and get the government off the backs of the people and win one for the Gipper in the process. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, absolutely. Um, I got to ask you since we're we're on the clock, Otter. Hey, yes. many, do you, people still have to be on the street all the time? That's what you, everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah. knows. You. Well, you know, because what's so great about that movie is every uh, semester it becomes the go-to movie. You have to. You're going to college. You got to yeah. see this movie. And and school will always be happening. New yeah. generations always coming through discovering Absolutely. it. Absolutely, and it holds up. You know, and my yeah. kids are just out of college. My son graduated a year and a half ago, but. It was like it was a rite of passage to see this movie, and so then when I'd show up, it was like, oh my god, you know, it's like it's Otter, oh. and yeah. uh, <laughs> but it was it was a groundbreaking comedy, you know, at the time it was totally different than anything that had been done, and it was one of those synchronous things where uh, they got the right cast with the right script and the right director at just the right moment, and it just turned out better than we'd all hoped for, 
And of course, at the core of it was John Belushi from Saturday Night yeah. Live, and it was just a wonderful spirit and an actor and, and a great man. And um, yeah, it was it was a real treat to be involved with it. You mentioned Belushi. How do you when he goes on his famous rant? You know, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? <laughs> you're the you're the guy who lets him Germans. Forget it. Let it go. He's on the roll. <laughs> do you remember that moment on set when you're like? Germans? How do you how do you get that right sarcastic look? Well, you know, it was we <laughs> shot that movie so fast that uh, and we could never do more than one take because the studio wouldn't allow us to print more than one take. So we'd do a take and, and the director would go, Landis would go, he said, Do it again, do it again. So it was a very loose, yeah. free set, and you just got a, a sense, especially after we shot for a few few days and you got used to it, a sense of how to play off each other and what and what it was like. And, um, you know, Belushi and I and, and the guy who played D-Day, uh, Bruce McGill, we all became very good friends with Peter Rieger, too, and Jamie Widows. And uh, we were the Deltas. And uh, so we we got used to each other and we, and we, we got close to each other, you know. And, and we, we um, kept all the, you know, the uh, Omegas. We didn't party with them. We didn't let them come to our reindeer <laughs> games. <laughs> but you had alphas of the industry. You had, I mean, writer Harold Ramis. Yeah. Ivan Reitman producing. Yeah. John Landis directing. Why were they geniuses? Like, the, 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 those are the comedy creation geniuses. Harold, Harold was, yeah, amazing. And so was I. And, and, and you know, they hired Landis because, and he had done Kentucky Fried Movie. And he, yeah. he had a very loose he was a, he had a great sense of silent movies. He had a great sense. The 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 fact is, we shot the um, the, the parade sequence in a little place called Cottage Grove, Oregon, where Buster Keaton had filmed The General. Are you serious? Absolutely. Nineteen twenty seven General. I, the wow, yeah. wow. There's sort of a wonderful <laughs> call. And he screened that movie for us before we went to Cottage Grove. Are you serious? Yeah. And he had a screening of it, and it was like, oh my god, this. So you know, there's there's a this landmark film that we're in the same place. And so he just, you know, underscored what, what the importance of what we were doing and tried to give it significance too. Wow. That's, that's yeah. awesome. I never knew that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, a- well, but bringing it back to, to killing Reagan, I mean, you can do a comedy like that and Cynthia Nixon can do sex in the city. Yeah. I mean, you guys can both be side splitting hilarious. And now you're, now you're playing the most buttoned up presidential people ever. Um, why, why, you know, just take us out. I know we're on the clock, but why should we tune in? There are so many elements and so many facts and so many, so much insight into Ronnie and Nancy and their life together. And, and their time, this is probably first year of the, the their uh, stay at the White House, that that is not that is unknown and and not not seen. And then so much of Hinckley that that what you know you get this great historical story wrapped in a mystery and, and a suspense film. And so it's not too much Hinckley and it's not too much Ronnie and Nancy and it's just enough of both. And it's very very touching because of the series, he's the only one. To have survived, life. except for the Jesus one, maybe some listeners would think. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> well, he wasn't a president, right? So, but but uh, it's it's how did it affect Ronnie and Nancy? Right. You know, and and people. It was interesting because uh, the, I guess the more liberal members of the audience said came to me and afterwards said, you know, I, I didn't think I'd really want to see this movie or like this movie, right. and I just I, I was so moved by it. It was touched, you know, and I, I'm that's not, great. It was really it was really sweet, and it's very. Sweet ending, and and um, you you get the goodness of the man, and just because nowadays, and the lesson I got out of the whole thing is just because I don't like your politics doesn't mean I can't like you, yeah. and I think that's the message of the movie, and that's sort of the message that we need to hear, yeah. especially here in Washington at this yeah. time. 
we, you know, stop it. You're both pretty. We can all get along here right. and they get the work done. Yeah, that's it. It's a perfect message. Less than a month yeah. before uh, Election Day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Again, it's uh, Killing Reagan on National Geographic Channel on Sunday, October 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Tim Matheson, thanks so much. Thank you very much. Thank right. you, Jason. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.